Here's the Smart Retirement Cast brought to you by Smart Retirement Media. Now, here's your hosts, Mike and Matt. Okay, listeners, we are back for another great episode of your Smart Retirement Podcast. It's the end of March, quarter one in the books, Matt. Welcome back, my friend. Welcome back, Mr. Mike. Uh, nice to be back, and uh, it was nice to be able to come out to the Central Coast a couple weeks ago and spend some time with you and kind of plan out what we're going to be talking about here for Q2 in the show and just getting to spend some time together. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad you came. You brought Connor and your mom, and we had a chance to go try out our version of Top Golf out there at Dairy Creek in the Central Coast. Um, it was a great it was a great meeting for us just as we planned out what we're going to talk about listeners in quarter two, because we feel like Matt and I both feel like we touch on those in retirement very well. Um, but we want to start talking to those that we are, that are in the transitional phase or in that 45 to 60 year old age bracket that isn't looking to retire next year, but is certainly thinking about retirement all the time in the back of their head. You know, what chess moves can they make now to make retirement easier? So we're going to take some time, at least in this next three episodes, we're going to break down some great ideas that both Matt and I share with clients in that age bracket for um, as their mortgage planning, um, as their real estate planning, as their financial planning, and as their risk management planning. Um, so we'll share that with you listeners and give you a perspective on what we think. Um, we want you to be able to reach back out to us. Give us any ideas, questions, comments, concerns you have if you're in that 45 or 40-year-old to 60-year-old age bracket thinking about what you're going to do next to help your retirement be easier. You can do that by emailing us at info at smartretirementcast.com. Um, and that might be the first time I've said the email correctly. I, I think it is, Mike. I was sitting here like, oh, is he going to be able to do it? <laughs> that is a very important thing. And... Um, but really, it's opening up a dialogue with you guys. We're going to give you some great ideas, great tips. We're going to try to have a, a couple of guests on. Um, one I'm trying to get on, we just have to fine-tune the schedule, is a third-party administrator for a self-directed 401k or self-directed IRA, where instead of purchasing or you know putting your funds or allocating is probably the best word, funds in a mutual fund or, or some type of you know ETF, ETF? EFT yeah. or ETF? ETF. Yeah. ETF or some other type of, you know, security. You could be managing those funds yourself to do a variety of things. So we think that that's a really cool, very unique, very um, not well researched and certainly not well marketed product out there for you guys. Yeah, we'll touch on that a little bit uh, in this episode too, Mike. I can I can dive in a little bit on it just to kind of explain it for the way. Yeah, we'll touch on it, and we're going to touch on a couple of the topics we're going to talk about today more at a high level, but then we'll roll those out in more detail as we go through part two and part three of, of this series. Um, we've seen a lot of, of good responses from listeners in these series because there is a lot of content as you prepare for retirement or in retirement. So uh, we'd like to stay with this format for this. Uh, Matt, we've speaking of just you know good news. Um, you coming to visit me was great. We've got uh, the end of first quarter is looking very good for the economy. 
Um, I want to touch on a couple things that happened in the real estate market. Um, but before we get into that content, um, tell our listeners about our new Amazon site and how they can listen to us on Amazon. Yeah, so Amazon uh, podcast kind of took over, I believe, a lot of what Google was doing. They kind of bought the, uh, the, the subscribership from them. Um, I mean, round of applause to our Amazon listeners. I mean, they just are uh, the last few shows now that Amazon's been rolled out in their podcast thing. It's just absolutely taken off. So, I mean, if you're online, check out Amazon podcasts um, along with our show. There's a lot of other great shows on there. Uh, I've been playing around. They've they've really done a good job of um, sorting things and just bringing all the best content up. Um, if you're on there, shoot us a rating on there. Of course, we'd love to see that. It helps us build on the uh, on the ratings. But you know, we're definitely trending on one of the top retirement shows on uh, on Amazon currently. So, pretty neat stuff there. Yeah, for those new listeners who have caught us through Amazon or a new search, and you're just kind of getting to know us, we do have a website, Smart Retirement cast.com smartretirementcast.com will allow you to see who we are a little bit of bio about us uh, goes into all of the episodes which we've categorized through seasons we kind of split them up as the calendar year ends we end the season and um, we've got somewhere up around 50 episodes now matt i think we've got 45 yeah we're uh this will be episode 46 so this will be episode 46 and on there at the website as you you can you can subscribe to the RSS platform. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts. Google Play, as Matt was talking about, is now most likely Amazon, CastBox, iHeartRadio, Spotify, you name it, we're on it. And um, mentioning this just as some good housekeeping, other ways to listen to us. We want to be in your ear every two weeks, and we run our show on Wednesdays. It posts. Um, so we're actually recording today on Wednesday, March 31st with pretty fresh content. And um, as I segue, Matt, I want to get into, you know, a lot of investors and those in the real estate market that monitor um, real estate, not just agents like realtors, but like actual economists are saying that they're starting to criticize the Federal Reserve on how they're, how they last year helped out and put a lot of liquid finances into the mortgage-backed securities market to keep lenders being able to refinance and go through this refinance boom we experienced in 2020. Um, the upside of that, man, anyone in the mortgage industry got a huge, huge growth year out of last year. Um, we at Central Coast Lending did about 300% our normal capacity. Wow. So, you know, basically every four months we were doing what we do in a year last year in volume. Um, this year, I think March is shutting out today. I just spoke to our CFO yesterday. It's going to be our best month we've ever had. But that low interest rate market, as any of you who have just gotten late to the party or couldn't refinance or just went out and tried to do a purchase, you're realizing that interest rates in the last month have gone up a half a point. So they went from 2.75 up to three and a quarter. Potentially, if your FICO score is not great, they went from just about 3% up to three and a half. And that interest rate hike was not present in January. Let me tell you about the home price index in January of this year. Year over year, from January of 2020 to January of 2021, houses nationally rose 11.2%. 11.2%. So we're talking a house that was half a million dollars 
just made $55,000 off that thing by waking up in it and going to sleep every night. Um, a lot of this is due to the very low inventory and a lot of pent up demand because people are now moving away from the city because they don't have to work at the job. They can work from home. Um, a lot of it is because in 20, in 2008, nine and 10, when we went through the mortgage crash, we just stopped building houses for about five to six years. I mean, we, we really didn't have any major developments, at least that I'm aware of in California. I mean, Arizona was a little bit different. I know in San Antonio, Texas, I was there about five years ago and they were just cranking houses out of like a conveyor belt. They were just building them and building them. But that's because everyone knows this affordable housing issue is an issue. Yep. And with an index price of 11.2, I mean, that is like the largest annual gain in the last 15 years. It's way off the charts. Um, the month before that, so December to December, 12 month period, houses were up 10.4%, November to November, 8.4%, um, excuse me, I'm saying these a little bit backwards, 9.5% in November, October, 8.4%. So as you can see, it's, it's growing like exponentially for return on your investment. But here's the other thing too, right? It's also making first time home buyers and those in the economy trying to buy a house or a second home or an investment home, it's making it very difficult for them to do that. Um, we're, I'm bringing that up in the show today because Matt, as we're talking about those in the 40 to 60 year old age bracket, yep. acquiring real estate is a big part of your retirement plan. And it, and requiring it doesn't, I, when I say that, I, I, you don't necessarily buy it to be an investment property today, you're probably moving into it. And the affordability of that house allows you to save more. It may allow you to put more dollars towards the mortgage every month on top of your normal payment. And honestly, if you're like me, 40 years old on the dot, the house I live in today is not really the house I want to be living in. I want to be living in a larger house. I have like these, um, you know, I, I want to have a pool. I want to have these things, but I'm living in the house I live in today because I'm paying it down so it can be a rental property for me when I'm 50 or 53 years old. Um, I want to own it outright and rent it out. I might rent it out in the next five years, but the point is this, with an economy like we're going through with these, what I'm calling asset inflation, we're seeing prices go so high that the average Joe really can't afford to put more than five to 10% down on these prices. Yep. And when you do that, you fall into a situation where you have to swallow the mortgage pill, or excuse me, the mortgage insurance pill every month or pay a lot of money up front to get it paid off in full. And so that's probably putting a little bit of crunch on your retirement planning. Um, also in real estate, as if you're a renter and you're just like, Hey, look, I, I've got, I've got kids. I'm putting money towards their college plan. I've got this other gig. Maybe I'm self-employed. And so I'm not really sure of my income every year. So I, I don't want to bite off more than I can chew and get a mortgage. The rental market's getting even crazier with the, um, the eviction moratorium and, you know, Congress just, excuse me, the FHFA. So basically the, the HUD department, a branch of the HUD department and government has extended the eviction moratorium through June of this year. So now we're seeing people that may not have paid the rents to landlords for more than 12 months. This went into place right away. So March 13th, I was with you in Scottsdale of 2020 last year. Yep. Matt. 
And that's when President Trump took an impromptu emergency meeting at the Rose Garden and announced that, you know, we're in a pandemic. And shortly after that, Congress put into act the CARES Act, which gave this eviction moratorium legs. And it's been 12 months. And so a lot of investors have not been paid. So Mike, let me ask a quick question. Uh, I mean, for our, for our, uh, smaller landlords, you know, that maybe have one or two properties and, you know, they've still got a mortgage on those properties, maybe. Um, I, I know there are some uh, availability to them to apply to get some funding. Is that correct? I mean, do you, do you have enough so there, listeners out on that? Their, their main pivot or first option is to defer the mortgage payment. So okay. just like an individual that lives in their primary residence that's that's going through a hardship, you can basically click a couple buttons online with your servicer that handles the mortgage and they'll give you a 90 day deferment at 90 days. They want to get an idea. I mean, they're not going to look at your financial background or personal balance sheet, but they want to get an idea of when you want to start paying because they're basically setting up how they're going to approach you repaying them the back due interest. This all, you know, this, um, this situation is rolling downhill, right? So what's interesting is that if the renter can't pay the landlord and the landlord can't pay the bank, well, the bank is the servicer that actually isn't getting any income from servicing the loan, but behind the servicer, there's a, there's a curtain and in there, in that room is, those are the big dogs that are actually missing out on getting millions and millions of dollars. We're talking, talking about hedge funds, large individual investment groups, maybe some teacher pensions are backing these mortgages. Basically they're giving the liquidity to the banks to lend out money. And then the interest that you pay, hold on one sec guys. Battery was low. Yeah. <laughs> um, we don't want to lose you. Yeah, the interest right in the middle, right? And he's gone. The interest that they pay are um, going directly to these investors. So everyone's missing out a chunk of their normal income. It's sure. not a great time. Um, but I. But what's crazy about this whole thing is that now investors, those who own the properties, landlords, are thinking, you know what? I just these extensions are. They're just. At first, I get it, but now they're saying, I just can't manage this anymore. I've got to sell my property. And now as that inventory starts to come into the real estate market, it'll help because more inventory will enter. But likely what will happen is the renters will be replaced by homeowners. And so it will shrink down the amount of options or alternative places to rent that renters have in the marketplace. So. What am I telling you? I'm not telling you to go out and buy a house. I'm just saying, get prepared if you're a renter for the rental market to get even tighter. There might be more requirements of you when you apply for a rental. Like, do you have reserves? You know, many times renters are mainly asked for their FICO score, their employment, and, and that's it. You may right. have to show that you have six months of the rent payment in a savings account or would you be able to access your 401k? Because I, as a landlord, don't want to go through not having payments anymore. 
Right. The only, I guess the only other thing I was trying to, to get out there is on the landlord side, I know at least here in Arizona, I'm not sure what it's like out there, but uh, I've been talking to a couple of my clients that they're now able to, you know, they go to the county or the state and there is actually some funding they can apply for if they can show that the tenant has them to making payments rather than just deferring. So, yeah, as far as dollars coming to them, it's, it's minimal, Matt. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if you're getting a $2,800 a month payment, of which let's say $1,100 of that is cash flow, you're not going to get anywhere near $1,100 to replace the income you're used to having. Got it. Yeah. I mean, so that cash flow, that net cash flow is, is what they're missing out on. And so what a lot of them are doing now is they're going to say, look, I'm just going to sell. I've seen an interview where a gal and the small landlord, you said it perfect, is like the one to three units. They own one to three units or one right. to three doors. That's like 40, 50% of the entire investment market. Yep. You know, there are all types of smaller real estate groups and, and large investors, but most of the investment properties on the pie chart are owned by someone that has just picked up a couple of investment properties during that middle year of their life. You know, like that year we're talking about the 40 year old to 60 year old, or they've, it's been bequeathed to them from grandma when she passed away or mom and dad passed and in the estate. I took the real estate and, and my brother took the cash. Sure. So those sure. types of things. So yeah, it's really a major deal. And, um, you know, when you sell a piece of real estate as an investment property, you run into a serious tax consequence. And so when you're not really looking to be in the investment game anymore with real estate, you have to pay the piper and take a tax hit. So it's it's it what i think is important from this article that i was reading about from cnbc which is critics slam the fed as home prices rise at the historic rate was that how much we still very need very much need an affordable housing solution um so i think that that's a more importantly today i, I wanted to just touch on the fact that the feds are still almost 2.2 trillion into this mortgage backed securities market. So they're not, they're way invested in, so they own about a third of the mortgage backed securities out there. And so it's not like overnight, we're just going to see banks stop offering money. The rates are still going to be good. They're still historically low. What I'm more concerned about as prices rise so fast, are the feds going to step up and say, eesh, Maybe we should start addressing inflation, even though it's not hitting like, you know, organic lettuce or milk at the grocery store. It's definitely hitting the asset market. Sure. And and that's a big function of your retirement is what type of real estate assets you own. So um, I know when we got a one of the things that that kind of helped us in our discussion, Matt, when we were together, um, when you came to the Central Coast, was we got a listener that wrote in. Um, Brad from Redondo Beach, you know, he's a listener and he's a physician. Actually, he's 48 years old and he's kind of getting into that. He's done with residency. He's had a couple years under his belt. He's making some decent money now. He's paying off student loan debts. Um, but he's saying, you know, what what should we be focusing on from 40 to 60 years old? Like, I don't want to work until I'm 65 and and then start to figure out, am I going to be able to retire? Okay. Sure. You know? So I want to get into that in the second half of our show here with some ideas of, of what you should be thinking about. And the rest of this series, part two and three, we're going to 
you know, really pull back layers of the onion and get into some real good topics on how you should do this with some, we'll have some charts and get into more of the nerdy detail we like to do. Let's nerd out. <laughs> so, uh, before we take a break, anything you want to mention, Matt? Um, I don't think so. I think, you know, just to remind the listeners, if, um, you know, as we're going through the show, anything that Mike or I are talking about, and you'd like to get more information on it, if you're currently in a situation um, you know, with a mortgage that you're wanting to have a second look at, uh, Mike's always happy to take a look at it. If uh, you know, you're starting out retirement or currently in retirement and want just a little bit of an asset update or just to you know, review some of the things that you're currently doing and make sure that you are on track, happy to do that with you. So 866-53-RETIRE. Again, that's 866-53-RETIRE. Or shoot us an email at info at smartretirementcast.com. So, Mike, let's take a break real quick. And when we come back, we'll get into some of the preparations that we would like to see some of our smart retirees taking as they're approaching retirement. So, listeners, stick around. We'll be right back with more Smart Retirement Podcast. It's been a roller coaster of a start to the new decade. From the pandemic to the election, record low interest rates, a wild market, home prices that seem to have no ceiling, it leaves us asking what's next? Can the economy and the market continue to grow? What will this past election do to my investments? Is it time to sell my home before the market adjusts to downsize? How can I best maneuver to maximize return? The answer is simple. It never hurts to get a second opinion. From a team like Century Financial Consultants, with over 40 years of financial planning experience, get a free income analysis from Century Financial Consultants today to see where you stand and if you're ready for any changes we may face in the coming year. Give Century Financial Consultants a call today at 866-53-RETIRE. That's 866-53-RETIRE. Prepare for an uncertain tomorrow so you can relax and enjoy today. Get a free income analysis from Century Financial Consultants at 866-53-RETIRE. That's 866-53-RETIRE. Century Financial Consultants, California license number 0L23991 and 0175638. Listeners, it's Mike Points here again, and I wanted to let you know that I've had so many conversations already about refinancing consumer debt that was racked up in 2020 for my clients. I don't always recommend doing a refinance to pay off consumer debt, but 2020 was a year like no other, where income was just cut off, or assets didn't perform as well as they could have, and you may have racked up some credit card bills or taken out a personal loan, or your home equity line of credit is at a higher balance than you really want it to be. Let's talk about how a refinance could be smart for you to consolidate this debt, get your payment down, and get you back on track. Let's start by you going to advicebeforeprice.com where you can reach out to me privately. Again, that's advicebeforeprice.com and we'll start the conversation there. I have loan officers I'm networked with all over the nation and I will put you in touch with them after we have our first discussion. I look forward to chatting with you soon. Let's get back to the show. NMLS number 1246224. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 328358. Mike Points is a licensed loan officer in California. NMLS number 1246224 and is only licensed to offer advice on mortgage products. He is not licensed as an investment advisor. All of the mortgage products Mike Points will discuss on this show are for educational purposes and these products should be reviewed by a licensed loan officer before taking these mortgages on as your own as they may not fit your specific situation or needs. If I had a million dollars, if I had a million dollars, buy you furniture for your house, maybe, and I 
as Chesterfield or an Ottoman. And if I had a million dollars, if I had a million dollars, well, I'd buy you a K car, a nice, reliant automobile. And if I had a million dollars, I'd buy your Okay, we're back from the break, guys, and we're going to get into the meat and potatoes of this part one series. Listeners, if you don't know this about us, we actually film and record live on YouTube this podcast. So you can check us out on YouTube as well. And believe it or not, Matt and I are relatively attractive. I mean, <laughs> we, 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 take a, we make it a point to shave. We do our hair. Yep. We've got... Yep. We've got professional casual business stuff on check us out i like the youtube show because you get a little bit more of our mannerisms you get to get to know us a little bit better and truthfully in addition to helping you guys all retire uh better or as smart as possible we want to work with you too so um watch the video get to know us better once you trust us reach out to us through um through email or the the phone number we've given you so many times and we'll give you again before we get off the show here in continuing our message for this show, Matt, uh, we want to we want to try to focus on those that are in their mid forties to fifties, early sixties range that just really need to be have an awakening. Like, oh man, like just like most of my life, where I was thirty five yesterday and now I'm fifty, I'm gonna be sixty five before I know it, and sure. I don't want to work till I'm sixty five. I just don't want to do it. Maybe I'm in a career where it's like, man, if I just can do this for seven more years, I'm done. Or maybe I'm self-employed and I love my gig. I just don't want to be full throttle for the sure. rest of my life. I want to have to like put in employees or have a, a, an exit strategy or you know a, a selling of the business strategy, as they say. So um, for you, for those of you that are in your 40s, 50s, and 60s, early 60s, and you're kind of looking down this barrel of a gun of like, when am I actually going to retire? We're focusing on some key topics um, that over the next three episodes, but today we're just going to touch on a couple that I really like for you to get started. Okay, if you're just like, it's all a mess up here in my head, and I'm not quite sure where to begin. Um, what I would do first, you guys, is just focus on the key things. Okay, when you're in your 40s and 50s. Debt is still very much a part of you. Unless you've got a winning lotto ticket, really cool aunt and uncle that left you some money, or you just have managed your cash really well from maybe maybe you started already thinking about retirement in your twenties and you started, you know, not taking on debt. But most of us in our forties and fifties are trying to pay down the debt monster. So a good debt consolidation consultation is a great one. I do them all the time, people. Um, I don't always emphasize that we need to take equity in your home and refinance debt, but that's one way to do it. Um, I help you understand, okay, let's put these debts in this category, let's put these into the refinance and let's figure out a way. SoFi is doing a great job right now. So there's all these other ways to do it. Another idea would be, maximizing your 401k now what does maximizing your 401k mean it doesn't mean i should say optimizing is really the best word yeah. it doesn't mean like throwing in the maximum amount of money until you can't throw in out anymore it means learning how to um 
understanding what the employer matches, meeting that criteria, and then figuring out after every dollar in, in excess of the match, what's your best next move? So is it makes sense to tax defer money up to a certain amount? And Matt, this is where you're right. get better. Yeah, I mean, this is a retirement 101 question that we get quite a bit, but you know, taking advantage of that match up to whatever percentage is. And then I've got clients that, you know, or prospects that have came in and, you know, they're contributing another 10% on top of that. And I say, okay, pump the brakes a little bit. You know, do you have a Roth option available inside that 401k, right? Will your employer match on that Roth option? Because as we're getting ready for retirement, I don't know how much longer the Roth may be around. I mean, the IRS could change things and limit the ability to have this tax-free uh, I shouldn't say loophole, but I mean, it, it's really an advantage for retirees going now, if you can afford to pay a little tax on that money, put it away, put it in this account and have that tax free earning income later on, right? Really can help somebody. So, you know, making sure that we're doing that. The other thing is, you know, Mike, you hinted at it earlier, was a self-directed 401k options. Some of the uh, companies that you may be working with have a self-directed 401k option available to you. So you just need a third-party administrator. Um, right. Mike, sounds like you've got one. I've got one that I've worked very closely with for many years that essentially will come in for a, a percent a fee. And they basically, just like a investment advisor would, take a percentage of the account value on an annual basis, right. um, come in and help manage that 401k for you. So what does that do? Well, in a typical 401k, you might have, what, 20, 30, maybe 40 options of, of different investments that you're, if you're lucky. And what a lot of people will do is they've got target funds inside these 401ks. And basically a target fund, they, they say, okay, I'm going to retire uh, in 2040, 2050. And what those accounts are supposed to do is over time become more conservative, less aggressive as you get closer to retirement. Makes sense. But in reality, there's there's hundreds of different people in that same fund, it might make sense to have something that's a little bit more personalized to you based upon your actual risk tolerance and something that's ever changing on an annual basis rather than based upon algorithms. Um, so that's where a third party administrator might make a lot of sense. So um, check with your uh, employers, see if that is an option to you. And uh, you know, again, if you've got the ability to do it, reach out to Mike and I, we can give you some information on that and get you uh, hooked up with someone for that. So uh, here's another one. Yeah. This one's like standing naked in front of a mirror and realizing that you're overweight. Uh oh. Calculate your net worth. Yes. Okay. Simple formula. Look it up online. I like um, NerdWallet is a great source. NerdWallet.com. Great little <laughs> tips like this stuff. Net worth is important, guys. It, it's like it's like I said, it's like going for a jog when you haven't jogged in a while and say, man, I'm out of shape. Looking at that negative number can be a black cloud. But remember, you're not trying to retire today. It's to emphasize, like, I got to have a better plan. You know, if I'm going out to dinner every Thursday or Friday night, buying a bottle of wine and enjoying that, maybe I should do it every other night. And with the, the funds I do from use to save, Let's start chipping away at this net worth, because if you don't know, if you haven't done your net worth and it, when you do, you should do it about every three months. Just have a balance sheet, run it through, you know, assets as, at this time. I'll, we'll get into that stuff in the other parts, but check your net worth. OK, 
Um, really love that one. That one's a, an awakening moment for sure. The other one I really like, Mike, is you know setting a budget. You know, we talk about that a lot on this show. Is you know creating a plan, making sure that you're on the right track. But I mean, a budget, just like you're saying, Mike, as far as when we're looking at net worth, not going out to dinner every you know every Friday night, maybe every other Friday, really could help with that budget because depending on where you're going, that could be an extra two, three, four hundred dollars a month that you could be putting back into your savings account and you know following along with so you know yeah. one of the tools that i like to suggest to people when looking at creating a budget uh that you can kind of go out and do on your own is just go to mint.com they have an app uh download it you know you can track everything that you're doing on this app um it saves yeah, I've used, yeah i've used it for years it's owned by intuit correct yes yep yeah so the same company that does you know payroll and tax stuff with quickbooks and quicken and yep. all that but so, it's cool because it's right. Very cool. It's very user friendly, right on your phone. And so what we're saying here, guys, this is the message habitually begin to retire. So having a budget, anyone's retiree, they're shaking their head up and down right now. A budget is like it's your lifeline, Yep. you know, because a lot of your income in retirement, a significant portion of it is fixed. Um, you know, unless you're self-employed and you're just, you know, getting royalties and then if, for that, if that's the case, great for you, you did a great job, but yep. you, most of us have to learn that budget. So start with that. And then the last thing I'd like to say, as we start to wrap up here, just for part one of this part three series, Matt is go out and actually talk to retirees. Yeah. Like talk to those who are retired. Don't find the guy or the gal that's just on social security and wants to complain about that they don't have any money. Talk about the people that are successfully retiring. Talk to the people that are successfully retiring today. You know, look for someone in your church. Uh, maybe your, your dad's friend is retired early. Ask him what he did. They love to talk about this stuff because guess what? They started planning when they were 40, 45, 50 years old. Some of them, my good best friend, He's been planning since he was 30 years old to retire at 50. He's 40 years old. He's on track. He won't shut up about it. He loves I, to talk about it. I think that's one of the biggest things, Mike, as well. And just to kind of sprinkle in here before we, we end the show for today is mentally preparing yourself for retirement, yeah. right? And I know for some people it's, it's hard to envision that, you know, that far out. But you also have to remember that it's going to be your – 20 30 40 year vacation and how excited do you get about a vacation mike i get excited so well put i mean we right? have to end on that that's so well put it's it's a it is far off for some of you in your middle ages of 40 50 60 but it could be 20 or 30 years you know and the biggest fear we see when we do our seminars together matt is people fear the most about running out of money absolutely yeah so this is part one of a, a three-part series. We're going to get more in-depth in some of the topics that Matt and I are so skilled at in part two and three. But today, listeners, we hope you enjoyed it. I hope you stick around for all three parts. And for those of you that are new, go back and check out our episodes. We've got other great episodes on this type of stuff. This is our third season. We're not as great in season one. We really didn't know what we were doing. And we don't have videos for those um, because we didn't know what we were doing. And so check those out at Smart retirementcast.com to see all the episodes okay yep. and actually smartretirementpodcast.com will also take you there i was when we first designed everything i was thinking cast would be clever and then realized it just kind of got a little complicated so we changed it to smart retirement podcast the email never changed so the email is still 
uh, info at smartretirementcast.com. And as always, you can reach out to us at 866-53-RETIRE. So, Mike, anything else uh, you want to dabble in? Or All right. Listeners, let's go out and make the rest of our lives the best of our lives. We'll see you in two weeks for part two of this series. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide or construed as providing specific investment advice. Any economic forecast set forth in this podcast may not develop as predicted, and there can be no guarantee the strategies promoted will be successful. All performance reference is historical and is no guarantee of future results. Investing involves risks, including the potential loss of principal. No investment strategy or risk management technique can guarantee return or eliminate risk in all market environments. Thanks for tuning into this podcast. California license number 0175638 and MLS number 1246224. Just stop and listen to what it's saying.